Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Animal Addicts podcast. Before we start today's episode, I have a couple of corrections to make. We both unfortunately have a few family members who believe shit like San Francisco shouldn't win the Super Bowl so the gay people can't celebrate. So in case he shared the thing about his uncle, I said of course because of course he has a family member who believes that bullshit. Also, 49er was my favorite horse when I was around them during Girl Scouts and still has a special place in my heart. But Bucky was my favorite horse growing up because nobody takes Bucky's spot. And Davy Crockett was from Tennessee. This will come into play later. Now that that's over with, it's time to focus on the awesome animals we have in store today. Episode 49 of the Animal Addicts podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 49 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. I forgot to say what was special about 48. There are 48 contiguous states. Oh, yeah. Dang it. We rarely have ones that mean anything these days. (laughs) What's 49? The 49ers. Oh, San Francisco. Woo! Anyway, also, like, my favorite horse when I was a kid was named 49er. And then that's oh, yeah. why I wanted San Francisco to win, because they were the 49ers, and my favorite horse's name was the 49 was 49er. Yeah, my uncle didn't want them to win because he didn't want the gay people celebrating. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah, I know. But also, usually San Francisco's pretty good. Anyway, way yeah. off topic. I what think the they've, f- like, haven't they won, like, four out of five? They've won a lot. I don't even know anyway, what it's called. We're not really football. Super Bowl. People, but, oh, my yeah, God. Super Bowls. Yeah, duh. I know soccer. I don't know football. <laughs> wow, that was so dismissive. Anyway, welcome to episode 49 of the Animal Addicts <laughs> Podcast. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new world of animals. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but first, what were you up to, Casey? What have you been up to since last I saw you? I have been to the safari park since restrictions were lifted. The wild animal Ish. park. How yeah. was that? Was it? I just, just tell me about it. The trams open finally. It, 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 oh, the tram for the actual tram yeah. for the animals or the tram to bring people up from the parking lot? Like the tram to see the go animals? see the animals. Oh, finally, good. Yeah. Okay. And they could have opened that earlier. I don't know why they, whatever. I don't know. Anyway. But yeah, so um, I was with my mom and I think one, just one of my, yeah, one of my sisters. Wow, this memory is good. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's like my mom was like kind of upset with some things because like she loved seeing the lion roar and he didn't roar. Mm -hmm. But we did hear the tiger roar, but she did not see him physically roaring. (laughs) So she was upset about that. She wanted to see the elephants play in the water, which she's never seen in person. Oh, it's so good when they do that. Yeah. But she was happy with being able to go on the tram again. Yeah, and another good thing about that is it frees up space <laughs> within the park. Yeah, I was thinking that when I was there and it wasn't running. I'm like, mm-hmm. I bet part of this is because of that. Also, side note, since mm-hmm. I made a choice what pass to get, that was one of the other benefits. You get priority boarding for the trams mm-hmm. and bus, which in busy days is nice. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, so um, it was nice being able to finally go on the tram again. Get to see, see the animals yes. out there. Any babies? I'm like, we've been missing all the babies. There were some baby water buffalo. Aww. Um Some antelope. Nice. I got. I did not get to see the Somali wild ass, really. They were hidden a oh. bit. Was yeah. it hot that day? It was mildly hot. Okay. Yeah. 
And of course, I did not get to see the bongos again. They're a little challenging sometimes. I've seen them, I think, like twice. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I've seen them more than that, but I also live closer than you. Yeah. And, um, Although lately you definitely go way more than I do. Yes. Um, I was able to see the black rhinos in the far exhibit. Oh, nice. I yes. haven't seen them in forever. Yeah. Um, I couldn't get a picture, though, because it was as we're going up the hill, and, of course, you can't stop <laughs> or yeah. else you get stuck. Yeah. So that was nice. And I ended the day with an ice cream cone, which has been my habit the past few times. That you've gone. Yes. They do have really good soft serve ice cream. Yes. Here. Like, I don't know why. It it's melts so too good, quickly. But it's really good. I just hate ice cream. Con. I always get a bowl when you don't have this problem. No, I need the waffle cone. I don't like that. Ugh, yes, no. I love waffle cones. I love waffle cones. Okay, well, you do you, yeah. but no. <laughs> but you're wrong. Just kidding. No. I love getting the swirl, too, the vanilla and chocolate. Mm. Oh, God. I used to always get that as a kid, but now I just get vanilla. Damn, why? I don't know. Okay, well, the swirl's better, but whatever. I'll probably get the swirl next time. Anyway, I would have really start... Although, um, yeah. they have, I think it's, it was a pine, no, a lemon flavor. Oh. The, yeah, they asked me if it was like vanilla, swirl, chocolate, or lemon, I think it was. That seems new. I yeah. remember that. Mm-hmm. I wonder when they're going to start doing the encounters again. Yeah, I don't know. But then I see on the like special experiences, they're doing that now. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, is that what you're going to do? Are you always going to charge for that? Because that seems like a bad choice. Yeah. Because people coming from like India or like Kentucky or whatever, yeah. like, aren't probably going to pay for that. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Who knows? make that a little more. It might just be because they don't want the crowds gathering. Yeah. I'm sure they won't do Cheetah Run for a long time either. Yeah, Cheetah Run's definitely not up. You get to pay extra for that. Mm hmm. And it's more expensive oh, yeah, than it was right. when I went. Mm hmm. Because when I took my grandma and we went, um, it was like $55, and now I think it's like 70 Ah. And it's the only way to see it now. <laughs> <laughs> so, good times. Mm-hmm. Anywho's. All right, well, yeah. but it wasn't bad, though. No, it wasn't as crowded as usual. It has been. Good. That makes me happy because mm-hmm. that was part of my thing with, like, getting a pass. I'm just like, mm, is it going to be awful when I go? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all right. Well, that's that's cool. I and I saw the platypus. Yay! Oh my which God. I haven't we seen went, so long. He was so. I think it was a boy. He was so yeah. cute was... and so active. Mm-hmm. I love him so much. Yep. Anyway, um, I always I, like now you don't you don't they're not doing the time ticket anymore. You just not? no, you just go online mm-hmm. and go. Yeah. They've been doing the time ticket for so long. I know. I feel like they should still do that. I don't want them to because, like, whenever I go with my family, they don't want to do it because of that reason. Oh. And it's like, I want to go see it because it's the only place outside of Australia I can go see a platypus. And they're so cute. Yeah. And it's cool in there. Yes. <laughs> um, nice. All right. Well, yay. That's good to know. I don't know when I'll be able to go again. I really want to, though. Mm-hmm. I... um went to uh, uh, the, the biggest gathering, as many people there said. It's probably like 30 people um, for sort of a baby shower, but the baby's already three months old. So, <laughs> but it was basically a meet the baby party okay. type situation um, with people who are all vaccinated and everything. So anyway, so I went, it was my D and group, one, one of my D and D groups. And um, it's just a couple things. Okay. So <laughs> I think I have talked about the one game where like we have now have a polar bear as our friend and we got a dog sled team. One of our dogs died. And um, it's very upsetting. And I went to the bottom of this cliff to recover the body and drug it back up 
and am waiting until I have a spell high enough where I can try to resurrect it. Because mm-hmm. as of right now, I've cast a spell called Gentle Repose so they don't, like, decay. So you can bring it back. Anyway, D&D stuff. But we've added to our collection, I think, since last time I talked. Now we have a Snowy Owl there, which cracked me up because I was like, Snowy Owl <laughs> was yeah. my choice. Um, that's our only one. I tried to get them to add these, like, crazy cat things, but they weren't on board with it. So, mm-hmm. Oh, and we have a goat now, too. So goat. we have a dog sled team minus a dog. And we have um, <laughs> and we have um, a goat and a snowy owl bear and a polar bear. Mm. And it's really fun when we have to stable them. Anyway, <laughs> point being, so the point is I'm obsessed with animals. And every time we come across an animal, I drive them nuts because I want to keep it. Mm-hmm. And I rescue these goats that were clearly for food. And now Me, one of our people has a mount. One of my friends, we went to... Uh, yeah, it was the county fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, after that, I saw the baby goats there. It's like, we were like, okay, we're going to be having some baby goats. We don't have room for them, but we're going to clear out this garage and we're going to put baby goats in there. <laughs> only babies for so long. Yes, but we can get the pygmies. Yeah, I know, that's true. Yeah. But anyway, so... Um, yeah. So that's just the type of person I am. I'm obsessed with animals. They already know I will heal animals before I heal them. Like, it's just, it's, it's how I am. Like, it's bad. This is why in my previous campaigns, after I had animal companions, like, you don't get to have an animal companion anymore because you focus on that and don't heal the party. Anywho. But, so I go to this party to meet the baby. <laughs> and I see some of my friends and a bunch of people I don't know, obviously, because it's family members and other friends of theirs. Um, and I go sit, and then I'm like, oh, I haven't said hi to the person who's house brought um, I was like, oh, I should go say hi to him. And then they had cake that was so cute. I should have taken a picture of it. For it the wasn't baby. in the shape of a baby. It was so cute. No, it was like a double layer cake. And it was like, it was like a sky with clouds and little foxes and little like animals mm. all over. It was really cute. And then another one was a birth certificate. But anyway, so I went to do that. And then um, they couldn't decide which cakes they wanted. So they went with technically three different types because it's a double layer. Anyway. My favorite kind of cake is the ice cream cakes. Yeah. Well, they did not do that. But anyway, I go into the kitchen where I have not gone yet to see him because I heard he was in there and, there and the cake's there. And there's a dog. And I very loudly, <laughs> and I was like, there's a dog here? And then, so for this particular game we're playing, I mean, all d d is online still for the most part. Um, and one of the guys in our game lives in Utah, so we've never met. And he's like, I recognize that voice. Also in the most <laughs> me way possible. I'm like, there's a dog here? <laughs> so then I met him for the first time. And I was just like, I just came to a baby shower. The point is to meet the baby. And I am visibly more excited about the fact that there's a dog here <laughs> than the baby. The baby was super cute. Don't get me wrong. Adorable baby. But um, but yeah, I was very excited about the dog. And the dog was like, oh, yeah, another person. And then I went back into the room and I was like, you didn't tell me there was a dog. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, um, oops, so that's me. And I definitely have other friends who, you're probably like that too. If you go to a party and there's an animal, like that's it. That's where you yeah. are. And it's like, if I'm at a party and you can't find me, I am with whatever animal. It could be a snake in a terrarium. Doesn't matter. That's where I'm going to be. Yeah. So anyway, um, oopsies, <laughs> human failing. I just, I love dogs. They're so great. Um, but yeah, so... That that that's pretty much it. So we should move on to into, into what you want to talk about, Casey. Yes. And I feel like I'm scared, but not. I don't know. This could be okay. We actually referenced this place already. San Francisco, we go. Now, after San Francisco, we've, of course we've referenced San Francisco. It's a major. Anyway, continue on. <laughs> it's well, I mean, immediately in this episode. We. Oh yeah. Because we said 49ers. Whoa, I. 49ers. <laughs> I'm like what. <laughs> 
I'm so lost. Yes, you oh, are. Oh, Kaepernick, they owe you so much. Anyway, <laughs> uh, moving on. Yes. So this article I found was entitled Endangered Species Thriving Around San Francisco Airport. That's so weird, though, the airport specifically. Yes. And also, what was that one beetle or some sort of something that was up in San Francisco and Santa Cruz area? A beetle. Yeah, I was on your invertebrates. I almost said bugs, but I changed myself to invertebrates. Look at that. I forget now. San Francisco. Like, I talked about a butterfly like, they're trying to bring back. That's what it was. It was a butterfly. Yeah. It was like the Xerxes Blue. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's sorry. It's extinct, so. Right. But tell us about the, the snakes by the airport. The airport snakes. Woo. But also, I think I have mentioned this before. San Francisco has the WAG Brigade. It's a WAG Brigade. What? You know how flying is stressful? Yeah. They have no, because dogs. I've never been. You've never been flying? No. <gasps> Casey. Well, I don't know where we're going to go, but we'll have to fix that. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So the WAG Brigade is at the airport, and they're therapy dogs. Mm-hmm. And a pig. And they go around the airport so you can catch them. Can I keep the piggy? No. No, but you can follow her on Instagram. Oh, my gosh. You follow pretty much the entire WAG Brigade. One of them is a little um, Frenchie, and he's like, his back legs are paralyzed. He's a little wheelchair. Mm. And then there's just a bunch of them. There's a WAG Brigade. So there's dogs wandering around. So when you're stressed out flying, you pet a dog or a pig. Anyway, continue. Yay, San Francisco for your WAG Brigade. Yes. So near San Francisco International Airport, there is some undeveloped land that has been found to have a thriving endangered snake species, the San Francisco garter snakes. Okay. Yes. The area is 180 acres of wetland habitat and has been found to have a population of 1,300 garter snakes. Oh, snap. That's somebody's dream. Yes, it is the largest concentration of this species yet discovered. (laughs) I saw a non-snake person just accidentally wander into that area. (laughs) Yes. So the land is known as the West of Bayshore and is off-limits to the public. Okay, that's good. Yep. And also has a population of California red-legged frogs, which is another federally protected species. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the significance of this is that it shows that environmental stewardship programs, like the one implemented by this airport, can be successful at preserving an endangered species, even in highly developed areas such as San Francisco. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the airport started this recovery action plan back in 2008 in an attempt to preserve both the snake and the frog populations, and even received an award for their recovery efforts back in 2014. Nice. Yes. So, shows that some work can be done. It, can, by, it is possible yeah. if we actually, you know, make an effort. Yeah, so props to the airport. <laughs> it's not something I thought I'd say. I know. <laughs> also props as in propellers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. on airplanes. Anyway, mm-hmm. not on those, but <laughs> I guess it's bigger. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, that's cool. Go San Francisco Airport um, for protecting these these snakies and froggies. Yes. And also the lag brigade. Anyway, um, I'm going to have to do that. That's going to have to be what I cover one day. It's like, get all the WAG Brigade mm-hmm. members. Anywho. All right. Well, speaking, is that it for the... Yes. Speech? Okay. Speaking of the WAG Brigade, they're mostly made up of what, Casey? I just said it. Puppers. Doggies. <laughs> and we're going to talk about a doggy breed. What kind of doggy breed? Easy for me to decide because we brought them up before I never talked about them. Any guesses? Ridgeback? Nope. But we will do that sometime because I love them. I'm trying to think of what we've referenced before. I can't think. It was one of the questions, actually. I was like, which one have we not Jindo? covered? No, because we covered a Jindo. We did? 
Yes. Casey, what oh, is we the People's Republic of Korea the Heritage Act 53? I forget. I don't have it in front of me. Um, key sound. It's the key sound. Okay, we're moving on. Um, I think it can be pronounced differently, but that is the way I learned it, and that's what we're going with. All righty. So, key sounds. First, we're going to start with the history of the key sounds, and you should like them, Casey, for a very specific reason that you'll realize immediately. Oh, whoa. That's the pronunciation? Weird. Okay. Case sound. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, are you looking them up now? Yes. <laughs> the case ha- hound. <laughs> it's like how they said that. Hound. Anyway, I'm still saying key sound. Sorry. The key sound, um, he's hounding, plural, was a hardy, nimble-footed barge dog. Of course, we're at the AKC. Sorry, I should specify, and I'll be sharing this page. Um, was a nimble-footed barge dog long kept as a guard and companion on Dutch vessels that sailed the man-made waterways of the Low Countries. An unpretentious people's dog, the Keystown was a symbol of the 18th century Dutch Patriots Party in its long opposition to the Royal House of Orange. Why is there soccer team orange then? Hmm? Okay. Um, the Orange Army. I guess so. That's what they get called all the time. <laughs> And it is. It's like you see that it's like a sea of orange. Yeah. And it's like if I weren't Dutch, I would be totally opposed because orange is one of my least favorite colors. Yeah, it's not great. But anyway, uh, there's a, there's historical disagreement over why the breed is called Keesound. The name might refer refer to a patriot mascot dog called Kees or to two different patriot lever, leaders nicknamed Kees. Sorry, I can't speak, obviously. Anyway, um, they are, their their descriptors from the AKC are outgoing, lively, and friendly. They are in the non-sporting group, if you care to know that. Their height, males get to about 18 inches at the shoulder, females 17, and they weigh between 35 to 45 pounds. Life expectancy, 12 to 15 years. Alrighty. They also have high scores with affectionate with the family. AKC has changed up their stuff, by the way. They're good with other dogs, and they're good with young children. So, yay. Um, but, here we go. So this is a little bit about the breed. The amiable Keeshound is a medium-sized spitz dog of ample coat, famous for their distinctive spectacles on his foxy face. <laughs> Thank you, AKC. Once a fixture mm. of the canal barges in his native Holland, the Keese was and remains a symbol of a simple a symbol of Dutch simple. patriotism. <laughs> These square, sturdy companions descend from the same ancient stock as other Spitz types, such as Pomeranians and Semioids. Typically, Spitzy Keeshounden. I've never heard dogs. Keeshounden. Oh yeah. That's right, K's. It's like K's, K's hounding. <laughs> Have a foxy face, pointed ears, an abundant coat, and a plumed tail carried high over the back. <laughs> a unique breed characteristic and one of the most charming hallmarks in all dogdom is the spectacles. Dogdom? The, yep, dogdom. <laughs> These shadings and markings around the eyes give the impression that a keese is wearing designer eyewear. The specs draw attention to an alert, intelligent expression. I have seen many a key sound. I have never noticed spectacles. You can get a picture right now. How are those? What? That is a stretch. Okay. Anyway, so they are, they're cute dogs. They're not very big, obviously, I've already said. Um, when it comes to health for these guys, and clearly we'll be posting a picture, uh, they're generally healthy. I'm looking for any of the issues um, that they have, because all pure breeds have issues. Um, so the main things they want you to look out for them are hip evaluations, patella evaluations, elbow evaluations, 
and ophthalmologist evaluations. Apparently, those spectacles aren't doing them any good because their <laughs> eyes go. So that's ridiculous. I'm going to say grooming is probably a lot. Um, they do require regular grooming, but going through their coats once a week with a pin brush usually does the job. This will keep the undercoat brushed out and keep shedding to a minimum. We don't want them shedding enthusiastically. <laughs> the only trimming needed is tidying around the feet, pads, and hocks. Pet owners can brush weekly and take their dogs to the groomer for a bath and blow dry every four to six weeks. Or they do it themselves. Show dogs are bathed a few days before show weekend, of course, naturally. Um, a few days? Yeah. Why not um, right before? That's a, Well, you'd have to do it at least like a day before so they dry fully. Have well, you seen the coats on those? Yeah, I get that, but like a few days, it's like, it'll get muddied up again. Well, they don't let them in the mud. Anyway, um, as far as exercise requirements, they're very adaptable. Um, they range on farms and then to barges, so they can obviously go from big space to little space. They do need regular exercise, though, and they like being with their families. A free run or an... Do they know what free running is? Because that's not something a dog should be with you on. <laughs> Free running is, um, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, what is the other name for it? I just lost my mind. Okay, anyway, I'll have to look <laughs> that up. My God, what is the other name that's more popular for free running? You know, it's when you're running through the, the jungles of urban cities and you're jumping over <laughs> shit. Oh, parkour? Yes, parkour. Yeah. That's what free running is. I don't think your dog should be free running with you. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to adjust this. So they want to go on a nice little run, okay? (laughs) Or a nice walk daily. Um, That will benefit them physically, mentally, and they'll be glad to climb up on the sofa while you read or watch TV. Um, They're happy dogs. You're reading TV? Is that that what I said? (laughs) Read or watch TV. Yeah. An essential thing to know about Keese is that they're happy dogs and will smile every day if you just spend time with them. Okay. Um, Training, I mean, let's just be real. Every dog means training. These guys are smart. They should pick up on it. Great. That's pretty much what you need to know. You know, that's training. Um, and as all dog nutrition, get decent food. Anyways, that's pretty much the key sound. I will be posting. Yeah, no, these don't look like spectacles. I think these people are high. I don't know what they're talking about. It's like a, maybe a, no, not even. I don't know. They're really cute, though. They are cute. They definitely look like bigger Pomeranians, kind of, but with, like, some different colors going on there. But they are cute, and they are awesome, and I've seen quite a few of them in person, and they're cool doggies. That is the Keys Hound, or apparently properly pronounced Case Hound. Case Hounden. <laughs> anyway, so there we are. But that brings us, Casey, to our picks, and it was your choice this time. Yes. And what, what did you pick, Casey? I chose North American Endangered Species. Cool. And what did you choose for that, Casey? I chose the American Bearing Beetle. What even is that? I'm going to tell you. Obviously, yes. Go for it. Tell so, us. So their scientific name is Nycroforus americanus. Wow, okay. Yes, they belong to the family Sylphidae, which are the carrion beetles. Okay. There's about 200 species worldwide, and this species is endemic to North America. And is the largest species of carrion beetle found in North America at 25 to 45 millimeters in size. It's a good size. Okay. Mm-hmm. They only live for to be about a year, and they are among a few insects in which both the male and female raise the offspring. Oh, nice. The male beetle will find a carcass of a small vertebrate, like a mouse or a bird, which they can locate from three kilometers away. Wow. And then they will attract a mate to the carcass. 
Romantic. Yes. And these beetles will fight others that could try to come and take the carcass away from them. Did they build their homes inside the carcass? I'm getting to Oh, God. Okay. They will bury the carcass and will mate, and then the female will lay eggs in a tunnel next to the carcass. But before burying the carcass, the beetles must process it first. They will remove the fur or feathers from it. Then they chew it up and roll it into a ball. Oh. And it co- it's coated with secretions from mouth and their anus and will put it into a semi-mummified state. Oh, my God. <laughs> and when the larvae emerge, both parents will partake in feeding chewed up pieces of the carcass and tend to the offspring. Ugh. They can have up to 30 offspring, wow. but 12 to 15 is more typical. Okay. After about a week, the larvae will bury themselves and pupate into the adult stage. All right. Mm-hmm. They're a very important species for maintaining a healthy ecosystem as they remove carcasses from the environment, which helps return vital nutrients to the soil, including nitrogen, which is one of the most important nutrients for plants. Mm-hmm. And they are currently listed as critically endangered by the IUCN Red List. They are used to be found in 35 states, D.C., and three Canadian provinces. But now they are only found in four states, Rhode Island, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Nebraska. And it is unknown what the exact cause of their disappearance from much of its range. That's really weird because yeah. these aren't even like connecting states. Mm-hmm. At least not entirely. No. Weird. It's very scattered. Yeah. Some lab raised beetles have been released in Massachusetts to try to establish another population there. Mm-hmm. They are also protected under the United States Endangered Species Act. However, it was downlisted to threatened under the previous administration despite declining populations. Mm -hmm. And this may lead to oil and gas companies developing inside its habitat in places like Oklahoma. Yeah, 100%. So now the current administration has yet to make any changes to this species listing. Yep. Mm -hmm. We got some stuff you got to pick up on here, Mm -hmm. man. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, that is the, what, what kind of beetle is it called again? American burying beetle. Burying beetle, because they bury the dead stuff? Yes. The burying carrion? Yes, they're burying yes. carrion. <laughs> nice. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, I, there's a lot. First of all, I will say there's a lot of endangered species in California. <laughs> I was looking, yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, there's so many. But I love this animal, and it was already one of my top choices for previous week's <laughs> choice. Mm-hmm. So I have chosen the ocelot. Also, did not know until I looked at this that they range as high as they do. I was shocked. <laughs> so, the ocelot scientific name is Lepardus pardalis. We're saying that? I don't know if that's right. I feel confident. Okay. They range from parts of the southeastern United States down to Bolivia, Brazil, and northern Argentina. Most commonly live in tropical forest habitat, but also live in a variety of other habitats, such as grassland, mangroves, and marshes. Kind of similar to the jaguar. Yep. I mean, the mangroves and marshes, not so much, but mm-hmm. the other stuff. They are 65 to 97 centimeters long. They weigh 8.5 to 16 kilograms. They live 7 to 10 years in the wild, but the oldest individuals in captivity can live to be 20. Like many other kitties, they are primarily active at night. They have a membrane at the back of the eye called the tapetum lucidum. It's pronounced tapetum lucidum. Okay, cool. Tapetum lucidum. Also sounds like a spell. Oh. Um... Yep. <laughs> this membrane reflects light and is what causes cats to have eye shine at night when exposed to light. 
basically D&D terms is to give them dark vision and all cats should have dark vision and that needs to be addressed. Anyway, <laughs> basically you're casting light because it's like, tapetum, what is it? Tapetum? Is that yeah. how you say it? Tapetum lucidum. <laughs> that I can see in the dark. Okay. Anyway. Um, the reflection of light gives the cells in its eyes another opportunity to collect light, which enhances their visual sensitivity in low light levels and allows them to be excellent nighttime predators. Dark vision. Anyway. <laughs> um, this allows them to walk around at night as well as a human can walk during the day. Ocelots, that's just most cats too, yeah. not just ocelots. But there you go. There's a little breakdown of that for you. Ocelots primarily prey on small rodents, but will also hunt birds, small reptiles, and even baby peccaries and deer. Ooh, that's kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm impressed by that. Um, even though they may be predators themselves, due to their small size, ocelots must be vigilant of other potential predators such as caiman, anacondas, and harpy eagles. Freaking harpy eagles going after an, os- an ocelot? An ocelot. An ocelot. An ocelot. <laughs> Not cool, man. Mm. Already know how I feel about anacondas. <laughs> anyway. Um, they are listed under Appendix uh, 1 of CITES. Listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List. Population is currently in decline. Listed as endangered under the United States Endangered Species Act and are protected throughout their entire range. They used to range in the U.S. from Texas to Arkansas and Louisiana, but it is now estimated that there may be as few as 100 ocelots left in the entire U.S. And the most significant threat to ocelots is loss of habitat due to agriculture, development, and urbanization. It really blows my mind, especially after watching that one special, how much of the issue is agriculture, mm-hmm. which is kind of everywhere in the world. Too. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. There are um, new ways of doing agriculture that are much more efficient and take up less space. Yeah. Um, like the Netherlands. Fun fact, the Netherlands is the s- second largest producer of agricultural exports. Really? Yes, and it's about the size of New Jersey. Yeah, it's real small. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons Yeah. <laughs> one of the reasons to do that is they develop they have these vertical farming structures That's cool. inside labs and like they have these giant just shelves upon shelves of shelves of growing um, produce. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Try and hopefully eventually get that onto bigger scale. And w- it's limited in what kind of produce they can do. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're very efficient with working what they have. Go Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that eventually um, can. Spreads. Yes. Yeah. It comes over to America. But we're setting our ways and everything we do is the best in the world. Anyway. <laughs> Some things about America are great. Some are not so much. Yes, our natural parks. Yes, National Parks are freaking amazing. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right. Well, that brings us, Casey. Yes. To our Animal of the Week. And we'll say what it is first, and then I'll talk about it. Okay. Okay. So our Animal of the Week is... The Resplendent Quetzal. The Resplendent Quetzal. Okay, so... As I was looking, where was I? I think I was looking for, like, animals in Costa Rica or something, mm-hmm. and this popped up. I'm like, this is why I couldn't choose a favorite South American bird, <laughs> because they also go down there. And I was just like, uh, what? And first of all, their name's amazing, and they're beautiful. That's all I know about them. Amazing name, beautiful. But Casey, tell us about them. Yes, so they come from the order Trogoniformes. Yes. Yes, it's, a, it's an order that has only one family in it, which they belong to, which Great. is the family Trogonidae. Okay. And their scientific name is Pheromacris mosinoi. <laughs> These guys are found in Central America, from southern Mexico down to Panama. 
They live in the cloud and montane forest, a very moist tropical rainforest habitat, typically at higher elevations. Mm-hmm. These guys can live into their 20s. They're roughly the size of a pigeon. <laughs> but the tail's so pretty. <laughs> yes. They're 35 centimeters long and weigh about 200 to 220 grams. Pretty light. Yep. Yes. And they are primarily frugivores and will feed on a variety of fruit. However, it is often under circumstances in which it must assume a more omnivorous diet. And will also feed on insects, small amphibians, and reptiles. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. I get the insects, but small amphibians and reptiles is a lot. Okay. Do what you got to do to survive. Yeah, okay. It is a culturally significant species in that it is the national bird of Guatemala. Mm-hmm. and is depicted on their flag and coat of arms. Well, I've never noticed that before. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> In Guatemala, people's currency is known as the Quetzal. Oh. Yeah. It was also considered to be sacred to the ancient Maya and Aztec cultures. Royalty and holy men would wear the feathers of this species while performing ceremonies. They were also associated with the god Quetzalcoatl. Mm-hmm. Do they elaborate on what that who, what Quetzalcoatl was the god of? It was also there's a complex thing is like whether or not you call their gods is equivalent to what Westerners would think of as a god. Um, I believe he was the creator god, but also called the snake god because it was very much associated with snakes. Oh, okay. As well. There we go. Cool. Mm-hmm. And since it is a frugivorous species, it acts as an ecosystem engineer, and has a mutualistic relationship with plants in the laurel family. Oh, okay. Yeah, laurels are evergreens that have fruit that kind of look like mini avocados. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes. And it is a sexually dimorphic species. Males and females are about the same color. Males tend to be a bit more vibrant, but males have much longer tail feathers that can be up to 90 centimeters long. They're pretty long. It's yep. a bit pretty. Yes. Is this possibly the result of what's called runaway sexual selection? What? <laughs> I'm getting to it. Okay. This results when sexual selection, um, in sexual selection, evolution favors females that are choosier for certain characteristics in their mates, and then the males are selected for such a selected character, and then it just reinforcing each other to get these very weird, bizarre, exaggerated traits. So just like a couple girls were like, nope, we just prefer this. And yeah. that's how it went. <laughs> okay. Yep, yeah, it happens with a lot in birds. A very good example are peacocks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it happens quite often with birds and some other animals that have very bizarre features. <laughs> and along with the extravagant feathers, the male will use dances, calls, and singing to attract mates during breeding season. Mm-hmm. This species is known as a hole brooder, which means that they will excavate a hole in decaying wood of a tree. Okay. However, the species does not collect any nesting material and will simply lay the egg on the bare bottom of the chamber they dig out. Basically like the Watson? Yeah. Okay. Except for that's just on a branch. Yeah. <laughs> not even at least like inside something. Yeah. Well, that wasn't the Watson. That was the Patu. Patu. Oh. Just kidding. Yeah. Wrong bird. Okay. <laughs> yep. So both the male and female will share the responsibility of raising the offspring. Which I found interesting because typically with these more extravagant male-looking birds, the males partake no care in the offspring. (laughs) (laughs) 
The male's tail feathers are often seen sticking out of the chamber while incubating because they are so incredibly long <laughs> and will often get tethered from raising the offspring in the chamber. Oh, no. Yep. The parents will initially feed the offspring a diet of insects to support the growth of their chicks and later introduce more fruits into their diets. Near the end of the nesting period, the female will abandon the chicks and the male will take sole responsibility of rearing the offspring. Wow, okay. Yep. And a unique aspect of this species is that it lacks a crop. Which is how they help it's the food, right? The crop is a muscular organ that in most birds is used to temporarily store food. Okay. As contrast to what you actually stated, or the, or the Watson, yeah. that has a very much enlarged crop for fermentation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They also have a flexible lower beak and clavicle, which gives them the ability to swallow larger fruits whole. Oh, goodness. Yep. They are listed as near threatened by the IUCN Red List, mm-hmm. and population is currently in decline. The biggest threat to them is deforestation and the fragmentation of suitable habitat. There are certain protected areas, such as those in the cloud forests of Costa Rica, in which habitat is is being protected, and this serves as a source of ecotourism since many birders from around the globe visit to get a glimpse of this bird, as many regard them as one of the most beautiful bird species in the world. They're really pretty. Yes, they are. They really, really Mm -hmm. are. All right, well, that is the resplendent Getzel, and I love them. Um, you know what else I love, Casey? That I, I said earlier, too, that I love them. Dandy? That, the dogs. <laughs> Doggies? Yeah. And Casey, what do you call a dog magician? Uh, I don't know. A labracadabrador. <laughs> The only one he's ever liked, guys. Ba boom. (laughs) (laughs) He's dying right now. (laughs) It's funny. Somebody said kaboom the other day, and I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Anyway. But that, of course, brings us to the challenge. And Casey. Yes, Sally. As we are working, we're still kind of in Central America, but as we work toward the United States and North America, I figured, you know what? Let's let's go United States. What? So I America. Have, America. <laughs> Look yeah. Um, so I have I have a little a little quizzy for you here on American animal toward things. You'll see. All right. Anyway, so um, eight to ten, you are a true statesman. There are ten statesman. Mm-hmm. Four to seven, ugh, typical American. Three or less. Do you even live here? It's going to be me. This is all going to be, probably, because some of these are actually kind of difficult. These are all essentially official state animals. Oh, God. <laughs> are there any insects? Um, No. I could have done that, but I didn't want to have to come up with ones for multiple choice. But there are official state insects in a lot of places. Yes. One was really cute, actually. Mm-hmm. It's like a dragonfly, but it was called something else, but it was cute. Anyway. And also, mm-hmm. that frog you mentioned, I'm pretty sure it's California's amphibian because as I was looking through them I'm pretty sure it is anywho's but I did not make that a question are you looking that up right now yes I'm pretty sure it's a red red legged something right <laughs> as you wait for it to load the California red legged frog yeah that's yep. the one right mm-hmm. there you go so you said that and I was like hee 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 anyway all right so here we go Casey 
Um, how, you're not going to need 10 minutes, but we can do 10 minutes. Fine. All right. I don't. It's 10 questions. It shouldn't take that long. All right. And go. Which animal is the most common state mammal? They're also usually the state animal, but like they, anyway, whatever. Okay. The white-tailed deer, the American black bear, the moose, or the gray squirrel? I went with American black bear. Just the white-tailed deer. <laughs> and it was like seven states. <laughs> anyway, which state's official state mammal is the only one that is extinct? You know this one. California. <laughs> yeah, what is it? California grizzly bear. There we go. Good job, <laughs> us. And it's on our flag. Whoopsies. <sighs> All right, which state has the only feline state mammal? Hmm. What with? You have alluded to them in a previous episode. I have. Mm-hmm. Do I hate them? <laughs> that state, generally yes. Florida. <laughs> and what's the animal? Want to say panther? The, the mountain lion. No, well, Florida panther. Very good. Okay. <laughs> You've got two right. Yay. All right. This one is kind of rough because I'm making you just guess it off the fly. So good okay. luck. Um, what is the official state mammal of New York? New York. Mm-hmm. What's in New York they name after? <laughs> I did not expect this. I was like, really? New York? Okay. Bobcat. Let's start with the first right letter. We'll just do the right answers now. We have time. It's a beaver. A beaver. Yeah, right? What? Weird. Okay. Okay. What is California's state pet? A Labrador retriever, a shelter pet, a Siamese cat, or a boxer? Oh, gosh. I would like it to be a shelter pet, but I'm doubtful. (sighs) Say them again. Uh, Labrador retriever, shelter pet, Siamese cat, boxer. I want to say go with Labrador Retriever. You should have trusted what you wanted it to be. Californians are good in some ways. Shelter pet is the answer. (laughs) All right. Um, California state reptile. Is it the Southern Pacific rattlesnake, the California king snake, the desert tortoise, or the southern alligator lizard? It's the desert tortoise. Good job! See, you got some. Um, all right. What is California's state bird? The red-tailed hawk, the California scrub jay, the California quail, or the California condor? Oh, my gosh. I want to say the California scrub jay. It's the California quail. <laughs> What is the state dog of Alaska? The Malibu? I'm going to give that to you. It's the Alaskan Malibu, but good job. I'm going to give that to you. I'm impressed. All right. Good job, dude. All right. So what is Nevada's state animal? Colorado's state animal is also this, but the Rocky Mountain variety. Acorn sheep? Good job. I'm going to give that to you. Desert bighorn sheep is Nevada's. Yeah. And then... Colorado is the Rocky Mountain, well, not variety, but Rocky Mountain, big horn sheep. All right. The trash panda, also known as a raccoon, Mm -hmm. is this state's animal. Hmm. My hint to you, there is a famous actual person um, who used to wear them as a hat. Oh, that's not going to (laughs) Ohio? Kentucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should have. I should have known. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come on. Sorry, Kentucky, but also like trash panda. <laughs> All 
All right. I think I think you are a typical American, Casey. <laughs> you didn't even you had so much time to spare. Oh, Look man. at that. Okay. Let's see. You did not get the white-tailed deer right, but good. But the American blackberry, I think that's what you said. Yeah. Was it, there were like three states that chose that. Um, California grizzly bear, you got the Florida mm-hmm. panther, you got the beaver. Didn't expect that. <laughs> Shelter pet, trust your instincts. <laughs> Desert tortoise, you got. Not the quail. That last. I know it's the quail or the. Mm-hmm. You ask him, Malamute, you got, oh, the bighorn sheep. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a typical American, but that's, you know, that's Whoop. fine. <laughs> and then, of course, Kentucky, you did not get. And why can I not think of that guy's name right now? I have no idea. Who you're talking. But I had to do the same. Oh, my <laughs> Killed him a bar when he was on the three or whatever. Oh, that's goodness. raccoon hat. Anyway. <sighs> all right. Well, there you go. There are some state thingies. Um, also, when I was looking this up, there are state dances. There are all kinds of state weird things. But um, but there you go. Ours is, is I believe, swing or the jive. One of those. Anyway. I'm calling Jive. There we go. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 49, like the San Francisco 49ers. What? Is the Super Bowl even going on? I don't know. That's February, I think. I have no clue. I don't watch it. Didn't we? I don't know. No, we didn't. We started in August. (laughs) I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. All right. Anyway, I think we recorded an episode on Super Bowl Sunday, though. I'm pretty sure we were Yeah, we did. Yeah. I remember because mm-hmm. I came home to a bunch of junk food. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm Disco. pretty sure that's what we were doing on Super Bowl Sunday. Anywho. Yeah, because I came home and I was drinking. Yep. Oh, wait, no, that wasn't Super Bowl. That's just in general. It's fine. All right, well, but uh, as always, we are your hosts, Allie and Casey. Sorry, and Casey. <laughs> Okay, guys. Goodbye. Alex going to speak for me. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm doing everything now. Anyway, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast.